I am looking for sponsors for the Covert Narcissism podcast. I don't know if you've heard some of the other podcasts where you get a discount code for the sponsors that they use. So I want to do that here. So what products are you already using that you want a discount on? I can be an affiliate for you. Or what products do you want to try? I don't want to do this with just random stuff. I want to hear from you. My email address is Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G, as in Covert Narcissism Group. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. I'm Renee Swanson, your host on the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And I want to thank you so much for being here today and, and joining us today. I have a special guest with us today. His name is Thomas, and I just want to welcome him to the show. And Thomas, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with this audience. Renee, thank you so much for having me. Very happy to have you here. So uh, tell us a little bit of just maybe a snapshot of, of where you are and what state on this journey you're in. Yeah, so I recently left my covert narcissist in October. I, I filed for divorce in, in October of, of 2022. And I discovered that they were a covert narcissist uh, back in November of 21. They had a, a moment of narcissistic rage. At the time, I didn't know that's what it was. And now I do. But that's what kind of led me down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what was going on because I had gotten to the point in my relationship where I felt like I was going crazy. Uh, I wasn't sleeping. I was having a hard time focusing and thinking, and I just didn't feel myself whatsoever. And eventually I Googled and, and found found the term covert narcissism, which I had to that point never heard before. I'd heard people talk about, you know, use the term narcissism kind of, you know, flippantly to describe people they didn't like that they thought were kind of, you know, very self-centered or whatever, but I had never heard it in terms of a personality disorder that's, you know, pervasive and affects people the way it does. And so eventually I worked up the strength to leave after 10 years. Um, and so I'm kind of on the healing journey now where I've been in therapy um, for about eight months now and just going through the process of kind of unpacking everything and, and learning why I got into this relationship. I learned, you know, through this process that I grew up in a narcissistic family system and, you know, and growing up, I always knew that my family wasn't the healthiest of families and it wasn't necessarily kind of what you call the norm, but I you know, not not until the age of 35 did I realize what I came from and why I am where I am today. So okay. that's kind of my story in a nutshell or where I am right now. Okay. And let's unpack a little bit of that. So uh, what state of mind were you in coming into the relationship? It's a good question. When I came into the relationship, I had, had been single for about four years. I'd been married prior to that. I got married really young. I had a kid when I was 19, 20 years old and ended up enlisting in the military and and going through that process and you know my my first wife was abusive and so i ended up leaving that relationship because she was actually physically abusive and so i took four years and i had gone through some therapy to kind of deal with that scenario but didn't get anywhere as deep as i've gotten in the last eight months obviously and so i kind of just had worked on myself and given myself time to to be a you know focus on me and when i uh i met my covert narcissist I just really fell right back into the, all the same patterns and the state of mind I was in when I met her was I was 25 years old. I had just gotten out of the military. I didn't have a college education. I had a five-year-old kid. And when I met this young, beautiful woman that went to private school and had a good family system and all these different things, I thought I was really 
you know, lucky in trading up. And so I really latched on. I, I was attracted to her. I liked her and she gave me all the attention in the world. And I thought I was in this frame of mind that like, I really have to hold on to this. I really have to, you know, do this right. And I ascribed you know, value to myself and being able to be in this relationship and kind of win this person, I guess you could say is the best way I could describe it. That was my state of mind when I originally met my covert narcissist. Okay. And, and now looking back, what did that love bombing phase look like? Did you feel like now looking back, do you feel like you got love bombed or do you feel? uh, Certainly. So the, you know, the very first date we went on, um, we met kind of downtown, you know, where the local town and having drinks or whatnot. And I lived in a different city at the time, actually. And then when I moved, we didn't talk for about four months. We exchanged numbers and four months later, I moved up and moved to the town I currently live in now. And we went on our first date and I went to go walk her to the door after the date had fun, talk, conversation. It was all good. And I went to go walk her to the door and she got really aggressive and she pulled my head down, started kissing me and initiated, you know, that. And then she started touching me. She reached her hand down my pants and then took me up to her place and we didn't have sex and we fooled around. And I just remember being, you know, being very surprised and bewildered but obviously as i think any person would in that scenario not thinking about narcissism at all you're just like happy that someone that you're attracted to is you know that forward with you and you know kind of from that phase on in the very early days of the relationship it was a very sexually charged relationship we were spending a lot of time together texting and talking till one two in the morning and all these things and sharing getting really emotionally close like almost overnight really almost overnight um and then you know a couple months in the relationship all that was gone (laughs) Wow. And I was kind of chasing that dragon for 10 years. Right. Well, it's there. And then now you, you, you get latched on, almost addicted to it and want it, want, you know, you want that tightness, you want that closeness, you want that vulnerability. And now you're on the, you're on the chasing side of it. Yeah. So that was the the love bombing phase. Let's fast forward a little bit now into your relationship. Can you give us maybe a picture of what some of the narcissistic abuse looked like for you? Yeah, I think one of the earliest things I remember, and it kind of seems innocuous at the time, but you know, there was a lot of financial abuse in the relationship, and it started really early on when we started really courting. And she, my covert narcissist ex, loved going out and doing things and being out in the town and going to dinners and doing stuff like that. And I was a college student; you know, I just gotten out of the military and I didn't have a job, and I was just focusing on getting my degree. And but I, you know, wanted to obviously entertain this, and and I was enjoying being with her, but she would never reach for the wallet and we you know go out to three or uh, go out to eat three times in one day and go see a movie or go to an event or something like that and she would never contribute and i remember asking her like hey you know we're in a committed relationship now like you know but appreciate it if you would at you know certain points in time contribute and whatever whatnot and it was just not going to happen and she would try and convince me or or to tell me like, you know, I grew up in a very traditional household where my father was the breadwinner and he took care of everything and everybody, you know, and her father had her when he was 50 years old. He was a doctor. He's very successful. And, you know, I was a 25 year old kid just getting out of the military with no job in college, you know, trying to get a college degree. And that was kind of one of the very first, very first signs that like, you know, something was not, not healthy, I guess you could say. And then there was also in the very early days of a relationship, she was going back and forth emotionally with her ex. So she had recently broken up with her ex before we started dating. And she would literally tell me about her emotions in that scenario. And I remember one time her telling me that, you know, if she could have the world the way she wanted to have it, she would be with him. 
yeah, I rem- and I remember, you know, talking to her about in the beginning of the relationship, I was like, Hey, let's just take time. You figure that stuff out. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not like there's this, you know, someone on deck or anything like that. I'm, you know, just focused on my education and stuff like that. Like, how about you like just figure your stuff out emotionally and, and, and come back to me when you're, when you're done with that and with your settled and, she said no way how could you leave me at the time i need you the most in in all these different kind of things to kind of make me feel like i was wrong for having wanting to put up boundaries and and not wanting to be subject to listening to someone talk about how much they want to be with someone else but i'm like the second option but i stuck around for that and i stayed around and for the first year of our relationship unknowingly at the time she was going back and forth between where she went to school and where we live currently her hometown and seeing her ex and i kind of had an inkling that was going on but there was no proof and you know wasn't going to investigate or anything like that but it, it ended up finding out years later about a month before we got married that she had been having an affair with her ex for the first year that we were together and i remember it, i didn't want to confront her about it when i learned about it i just swept it under the rug and i told a friend and luckily now i see luckily my friend you know brought that to her and said hey i think you guys need to discuss this uh, issue of infidelity in a relationship. And she thought he meant that I had done something. And so we sat down to talk about it and she confronted me. And I said, I really want to talk about it because it has nothing to do with me. It actually has to do with you. And when I asked her, I said, I it came to light that you were having an affair the first year of our relationship with your ex. And I feel like I deserve at this stage in our relationship for you to just be honest with me. And her response was, I don't remember. Oh, wow. And Plastic I just, gaslighting. And I just remember feeling just so bewildered. And I just thought we're a month from getting married. It was several years ago. Like, let's just like, what are you going to do about it now? And I just let it go. And then after we got married, it came up again in conversation. And she said, of course I did it, but it was so long ago. It shouldn't even matter. Wow. Wow. And I, and I, you know, I remember telling her the thing that bothers me the most isn't what you did. It's that you don't, understand or appreciate how that affects me yeah and that she can't be honest i mean that you just can't be you can't latch on to any form of honesty there which means that the the groundwork is laid for for a lack of trust our patron program is our biggest contributor to offset the expenses of this podcast thank you so much to everyone who has chosen to donate it keeps us pushing forward on this mission i appreciate it more than you know to become a patron member, if you're not one yet, click the link in the bio. And I am incredibly grateful for your support. So how did you um, get to the point where you were discovering that narcissism was was what was at play here? Like, how did your eyes get open to that? Yeah, I had been, you know, my mom was actually the first person that referenced narcissism to me in the terms of personality disorder. And I'd been telling her over time, you know, the things have been going on in my relationship in spots and so she told me it sounds like you're dealing with a narcissist so i went and googled narcissistic person personality disorder and i got the over variant type and i read it and i was like oh that's not her at all um and then at one stage a few months later she had an episode of narcissistic rage at like 2 30 in the morning i had gotten up to you know, alarm went off to let me know my my ex and i always slept in separate beds her choice and so we had a little baby and she was waking up in the middle and i had an alarm to go off to alert me to go and get her and so one night that alarm went off and i went to go in and get her and my ex-wife started yelling down the hallway like what the f are you doing and i so what do you mean she goes i've been trying to put her down for the last hour so sorry i didn't know and i went in to grab her and put her back down to sleep and she came busting down the door and yelling and screaming and cussing at me and i was really i had no idea why she was so upset 
And she started yelling at me and telling me all these nasty things and whatnot. And I said, okay, you need to calm down. I'm trying to put the baby down. Um, you know, you can be mad at me later, but right now I just need to put her to sleep. And then she said that that was rude to say that to her. And she tried to snatch the baby out of my arms and told me she was leaving. And so I had to kind of like defend her trying to claw the baby from me. And I like moved her back and I was like, what are you doing? And she left and came back with her phone and said, I'm calling the police. And I said, what do you mean you're calling the police? She goes, I'm calling the police because you won't let me leave with my baby. And it's like, like, you can do that, but that's just not how it works. You don't get to call the police at two in the morning because you had a disagreement with your husband. And so she turns the lights on and gets on the floor and starts screaming, giving my baby, giving my baby, giving my baby, giving my baby. And it was just this very crazy moment. And I just didn't know what to do. And I remember after that night, after all that happened, we sat down and to talk and she had mentioned that she wanted to get a divorce in the course of that, that whole episode. And so we sat down to talk afterward and she tried to describe what happened in a totally different way than what happened and she tried and i identified that she was trying to gaslight me and i literally said that to her and i got up and kind of like stepped away from the situation because we were in this circular argument and she pulled me back in and tried to apologize to me and and, and I, but that was the point in time where i was like i have to figure out what's going on because this isn't right and i started googling and googling and googling and googling and googling until finally i found covert narcissistic personality disorder and i read everything all the descriptors of it and i was like that is my and that was kind of the beginning of the end or the beginning of the beginning however you want to look at it they got me going down the path and then i ended up getting the reading the wizard of oz and other narcissists and then i ended up finding your podcast and, and your website and your resources and it really just started to open up my eyes to all this stuff i've been dealing with for all these years yeah it's a rabbit hole once you get started on it you just go right down this rabbit hole of um, like for me i just couldn't get enough information because it was so validating to me of what was going on in my world finally i had some some answers i had some language to use i had you know somebody out there gets it yeah and that was my feeling too and initially when i learned about it i you know as you probably experienced you don't get all the way down the rabbit hole you start to get these little feelers and my first instinct was relief because i thought oh now we know what's going on now we can get into therapy and now we can figure it out and now we can fix all this stuff in our relationship and i kind of put the the book down i read the first chapter of Wizard of Oz and other narcissists, and I put the book down, and I was like, you know, and another thing to add in is during this whole time, they we were dealing with a family health issue. Her, her mom had been struggling and, and battling cancer, and so once I found out, another thing was like, hey, we'll figure this out once that is figured out because the whole family was kind of focused on dealing with that situation. So I kind of set it aside. I remember I literally tucked the book under my bed and said i'll get back to this later and then it wasn't and then things started to deteriorate for me mentally emotionally physically and that's when i finally one day picked the book back up and realized oh there's no treatment plan for this there's no there's no off ramp where you can get off and you know repair the vehicle and get back on it's literally you have to leave you have to save yourself and that was the hardest decision i ever had to make in my life yeah, it's not an easy decision. It's a very personal decision. You know, we have some audience members or people who reach out to me who go, I, I want to stay. Can I can I stay in this relationship? And, you know, it's a personal decision for every single individual. Um, but but do it with awareness. Do it with your eyes open. Um, there's many, many people who choose to then leave the relationship. 
I uh, I started going on to the Facebook group that you created and for a, probably a period and I recommend to anybody listening if you're having it's, it's a great repository a place where you can go and communicate with other people that understand your story and I think that's one of the biggest uh contributors to healing at least for me was being able to talk to other people that really understood my story but I remember going on the Facebook group and I was just hoping to find one person that could tell me like yeah I was with the covert narcissist and I told them and we figured it out and things are they're not like you know a hundred percent now but they're they're 90 percent or 80 percent or whatever because you know we have a kid together we've been together for almost a decade and I just wanted to find that one example of someone said like oh no there actually is a modality or there's a, a way you can make this work and I never found it yeah no it's you don't find it you know very 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 rarely do you find that out there the Facebook group that he is mentioning is a covert narcissism group and it's an, a free and available group. It is a closed group, which means nobody can see what you post or comment unless they are members as well. But uh, just the link will be in the bio so that you guys can have access to that. Okay. So the, the narcissistic family system, you mentioned that, you know, early on. And uh, I'd like to see what kind of what your thoughts are on that and what um, how that played out or is playing out for you. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I mentioned my mother earlier on telling being the kind of the person to raise the the alarm on narcissism, which is kind of ironic because going through therapy, you know, I'd always had a a very touch and go relationship with my mother as an adult. I had kind of separated myself from from her because it was always unhealthy. The interactions never made me feel good. I had tried to talk about some of the stuff that happened when we were kids and she would always just tell me, oh, it didn't happen that way. You're not remembering things correctly, all these different types of things, which obviously now sound familiar. Um, but my covert, covert narcissist wife was very close with her family and they had a very tight family. And so she always used to give me a hard time about the fact that I didn't communicate with my mother. And so over time brought my my mom back into my life via that relationship, which is kind of ironic. But as I went through therapy and, you know, the beginning stages of therapy were focused on building up the strength to leave and kind of building up the strength to like start getting through days a little bit better and understanding the abuse, et cetera, et cetera. And then at one point I said, okay, I feel good about this. I'm going on the right path. I had filed for divorce, you know, and then I said, I want to start talking about the family stuff. Like I want to talk about my mom and how that relationship can be better. And that's when I learned that my mom was a narcissist because there was things going back when I was a kid. I remember my mom telling me one day she was frustrated and she said she wished I'd never been born. Yeah. And, you know, when I could try to confront her about that as an adult, she's, oh, that never happened. I never said that. And there was all these just invalidating moments. Like when I was a kid, she wouldn't come to my, she would forget to pick me up for my football practices and she forgot to come to my fir first high school football game. And there was just all these different things, you know, we had, uh, my biological father was a drug addict. He was absentee. He was in and out of prison growing up. Um, so he got behind on child support. And I remember one time she got a big lump sum child support from him and she gave it to her at the time boyfriend so he could paint his truck. And so it was just all these different things. And when she started to kind of connect the dots and, and, and I looked at how my mom was in her relationship with her significant others, I looked at how my wife treated me how my wife's mother treated her husband and how my grandmother treated my grandfather and there was just this similarity this similar vein through all of those people and, and all those scenarios the other person was being demeaned and told that they were kind of ma being made to feel worthless and i remember growing up and watching my grandmother do that to my grandfather i recalled my my mother-in-law doing that with my father-in-law and i saw that obviously in my relationship 
And so that's what really opened my eyes to the fact that I grew up in the system. And then I learned that basically the system programmed me to attract and seek out all these other people that have cluster B type personalities. And so my first wife was borderline personality disorder. My second, my, my, my second wife I just left was narcissistic, you know? And so I've been living in this environment my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you don't see it until you see it. And, and when you, you know, you went from a relationship with an, a, a physically abusive spouse to one now that the physical abuse was not there. This was much more covert. And that's not an unusual trend. Um, it, it does happen actually often where somebody who's been in a physically abusive relationship ends up in a relationship now with a covert narcissist who is not physically abusive, but instead it's emotional and verbal. It continues the same personality disorder. It's just now more passive aggressive. And I remember comparing the two and thinking, you know, my my first wife set the bar really low and so when i met my second wife you know she was obviously over that bar and you tell all the other things i kind of mentioned that she came from a a, a good family and an affluent community and was a straight a student and went to private school and all these different things and my my ex was none of those things plus she was abusive so i thought in my mind like oh i'm really trading up and i've really found someone you know of quality compared to what i've found in the past and not having any of these healthy relationships. Like I, I have no reference growing up of what a healthy relationship looks like, like on a day-to-day basis. Obviously I saw people that were happy externally or whatever, but in my family system, I didn't have any healthy relationships to lean on. And so I was just kind of freewheeling it my whole life and not realizing I was settling at the end of the day. And even the other relationships that you see outside of your family unit, you're only seeing the picture that they want the world to see. Very topical. So even, yeah. yeah, even there, you don't get a picture of what behind the closed doors looks like. And I know that from even my own relationship, because I think if you asked our friend group, you know, about us, and they would probably assume that we were so happy and had it all together, you know, just how we displayed ourselves when we were out in public, it was always smiles. And my ex was always very worried about image. And, you know, everything and everything was about looking good and portraying a certain image. And so I remember in that vein, you know, when I used to tell people my story when I was younger, I would, you know, people would ask me who I was and ask me about myself. And I'd be honest and I would tell them I grew up, you know, poor on, on food stamps and welfare and my biological father was a drug addict and i would tell him about my life you know and my my ex got to the point very early on in a relationship where she was like stop telling people that and i said why and she goes because you don't want people to know that about you like you don't want people to know that you came from that kind of environment and stuff and, you know, and it was just this very dysregulating experience to have the person i love and i care about and that's supposed to love and care about me say don't be who you are because who you are is not looked well upon in the world and you need to put out this picture that you're a lot better than the person that you are essentially well it very much so communicates that you're not good enough that Mm. there is some piece of you that's not good enough for the world to see or for you know to hold up her image of what you're supposed to be yeah okay well we are out of time but before we close off of here is there any message of hope that you'd like to give to people out there who are just getting their eyes open and trying to find their way through this yeah i think please know that you're not alone you'll you'll feel very alone you feel very alone at this moment maybe this is the first podcast you're listening to to kind of open you you know get into this there's a world of people out there that have experienced this and gone through this and luckily people like renee and others 
are doing the good work to provide awareness to people because you know i think if if i hadn't found your podcast and some of the other resources i don't know where i'd be today and i'm very glad i'm on the path to healing i'm very glad that the world's opening back up for me so for anybody that's been dealing with it i'm sorry we we know that it's painful and that it's hard but at the end of the day you're not alone and even though it doesn't feel like there's a life outside of the life you've been struggling in there definitely is and you know the hardest part is getting to that point so i wish you all the 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 love and grace in the world to go through that process and get out on the other end. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas. That's a great message of hope. And, and uh, I tell my audience all the time, I wish you so much peace on this, on this journey of healing. And, and I mean that from the very, very depths of my heart, there is peace to be found. There is healing to be found. And I will do everything in my power to continue sending that message to the world. And again, just thank you so much for everything you you've done, Renee, for me personally. And I know you've created such a community for other people to to heal and explore and to build connections. And I just want to really take the opportunity to thank you for doing that. You're so welcome, Thomas. Thank you for saying that. So all right, everyone out there, I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.